What is up for Reelers? Coming to you live from sunny and very, very hot Los Angeles. I'm Tyler. And I am Greg. And this is For For Real. Greg, how you been, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Just finished watching the Champions League semifinals with Bayern Munich versus Lyon. I know that we were watching that together, socially distancing. I had a good time watching it. I just I knew what the result was going to be, so so a little, little exhausting to watch. At least it's two somewhat different and unique teams for what's normally in the the finals so, for true, true. for this. So um, should be interesting. Should uh, be. Let's jump right in. Let's hop into it. So guys, you're listening to episode number forty three. You know, every week we got to bring the fire. This week, however, we're just a little sizzle. Uh, not so much. There's, there is some big news that we got coming to you in our newsreel section. But, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to take it summer slow, man. Sometimes you just got to take it easy. And, and, and it's been just over a year since we've been doing the show, Ty. Um, so we got some special for you guys in that getting real section. But let's get some newsreel in the mix. Tyler, you want to bring us in with the first set of news? Amazon has greenlit a Ocean's Eleven-esque caper script to star Daniel Day Kim and Randall Park about a group of high school friends reuniting to pull off a heist. And it's been set up at Amazon, if I didn't say that already. Should be fun. The script is written by Young Il Kim, who made The Blacklist in 2012 for a script about Hillary Clinton. And uh, this is, I think, one of the first major things that they've written since. I'm kind of excited about this, not not really knowing what it is. The plot's kind of simple, but I think sometimes heist movies can get too complicated anyway. So yeah. this sounds like it could be fun. I love Randall Park. I think he's hysterical. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you watch TV, he's the lead in Fresh Off the Boat, along with Constance Wu. And if you enjoy the Ant-Man films, he was in the second one as the FBI agent who was just amazed at Paul Rudd doing magic which is a hilarious bit. And Daniel Day Kim, of course, was on Lost and Hawaii Five-0. It's got a good cast. Interesting idea. Should be fun. And plus, you don't really see an Asian heist film, if True. I'm being honest. And it's, it's refreshing to have a uh, unique perspective on it. Yeah, I think I was, I was just about to say that, you know, heist films are always fun. From your Ocean series, which I think that he's going he's gonna to do a little bit of a nod to, to the Ocean's Eleven. You know, you, you, usually it's, it's predominantly mainstream white actors that lead this. To have two Asian Americans uh, kind of leading into this one should be very fun. Heist, like I said before, heist movies are always fun. You can't, you can't go wrong with a heist movie. A heist movie is one of those films that you, you know, you probably eat two bags of popcorn for. Because, you know, you're just, it could be, like, it could be serious. It could be funny. You know, it's, it's got so many dimensions size movie. I'm glad to see these two actually teaming up, or I should say these three. I don't want to exclude uh, Young Il Kim on this one. But, you know, having all three of these guys on this project should be a nice, fun one. Speaking about combinations, two people, two of my favorite people on the planet are coming together for planes, trains, and automobiles as Paramount creates a remake to the 1987 comedy. Will Smith and Kevin Hart are signed on to star in this movie. 
So, like I said before, the, the original film was first on screen in 1987 with Steve Martin and John Candy uh, on, their, on the original road trip movie. So, what does this mean? That Greg's probably going to be the first one in line at the movie theater whenever they open up and have the, the remake on. Or we'll purchase it firsthand on VOD. We don't know what the future holds, guys. But this is some exciting news as two very hilarious guys are going to come together for the first time. I, 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 it feels odd to even say that. First time on screen ever. It's hard to believe that that is the truth, but it is. It's, it's, I think it's going to be fantastic. What do you, what do you think, Tyler? I, I mean, it could be good. The, the first one is a classic comedy uh, with two comedy legends. I, I just can't help but think this movie would have made a killing five to ten years ago. Ah, like, that... I, I, I know Will's kind of on a resurgence right now and really uh, diving into some some big roles and get, getting back in the, uh, the good graces of the public eye, I guess. Not that he was ever out of the... But he his movies just stopped making money. You know, when Kevin was at the height of his powers and Will was at the height of his powers, this could have been... They would have been laughing all the way to the bank, but oh. I'm interested to see how it turns out, whether it's going to just keep the name and kind of do its own thing, or if it's going to very strictly adhere to what the original was. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I, I, what, I, what I am wondering is uh, if Mr. Johnson is a little jealous he got left out of this one, or will he make a secret appearance? Like that, that could be some, that would be something it, incredible. He Hobbs and Shaw, he reverse Hobbs and Shaw's it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 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 So Tyler, this, this is the big one. This is the big one. I think that because you brought this up almost a year ago, you should bring this one in. So as Greg said, we did speak almost a year ago at length about something called the Paramount Antitrust Consent Decrees coming to an end. For those of you that don't remember or know what this is, uh, basically states that a studio can't own a theater chain due to conflict of interest. As of a few weeks ago, this decree has been overturned as a judge ruled in favor of ending them, meaning that for the first time since 1949, studios can now own and operate their own theaters. So as big as this is, I, I think that what we're going to need to talk about with this is very simple and very straightforward and kind of piggybacking off what we talked about a few weeks ago in our episode with the changing landscape for movies. What, what does it mean for movie theaters, you know, with Mulan going to PVOD on Disney and all of that. I just think that in the post-COVID world, whatever it's going to look like with this being overturned and studios now being able to own their own theaters, the studios now just have all the incentive to take it up on this to, mm -hmm. to, to follow through, start buying their own theaters and showing their own movies because guess what? They got a hundred percent of the ticket sales. That is more money in their pockets and another yep. blow to movie theaters. You keep seeing it. And I, I think that a lot of this was probably sped up due to what's happening in our world right now. But I think because of that, you see the studios and everyone else adapting and the theaters kind of getting left out. So, I mean, like this, this speaks volumes to what we've been talking about for the past year in terms of the landscape change. And then also, like you said, Tyler, with this post 
COVID world, I think that the studios are, are they're just sticking knives into the, into the theater uh, industry. It's not about not having theaters. I think that the studios are looking for all avenues to corner out the middleman. And we've seen this in other industries before where the middleman, we've seen this with Amazon. I, was, I said this in the, in the very first couple episodes, but the middleman gets cut out of the equation. This is, this is simple war tactics when it comes to business between who owns the content which are the studios, which who I always thought had the majority of the leverage and the consumer, right? Well, the consumer is not part of the, of the war, but between the, the owner of the, of the content and who has the leverage right now and the retailer, which is the movie theaters. With this being done, does that mean now that if studios own theaters, would they be able to, you know, PVOD, quicker say seven day window would they become part of nato would like what what could possibly happen at this juncture in our in this landscape that is that is simply just going to put the traditional idea of movie theaters independent movie theaters I, like we have to create a category for this now because this is unprecedented independent movie theaters in running their business without having a hand from the studio in there I think what's going to happen is the studios are going to start going around NATO. I don't think they're going to have to join anything. Right. It's their, it's their movies. They can, right. And if they own the theaters, they can decide what's showing there and what's not. They can decide ticket prices. They can decide concessions prices. They can set whatever prices they want. And I think that NATO, which is the National Association of Theater Owners, is going to be powerless. Yeah. I, I, I think that they're either going to have to join in or they're going to put up a small fight and that's going to be it. But this, this is the beginning of the end, guys. You all heard it here first. Uh, Tyler brought it to you in this, in this short segment. I, I mean, I hate to sound so grim when it comes to it, but all the, all the arrows are pointing to the traditional movie theater chain. Now, my question to you, Tyler, I know I jump around a lot, guys, so bear with me. Does this decree only affect movie theater chains internationally, or is this just a national situation? I think it's going to be a national situation. Uh, a lot of the uh, the international chains, I don't know that we can control. I think we can only control what's here in in the U.S. Yeah. But it doesn't. So, so this is my this is the other question. Why hasn't in your opinion, because we don't actually know, but why hasn't the movie theater, sorry, why hasn't the studios actually gone international with creating theaters out there if this decree doesn't affect that? So, for example, I know that uh, a couple studios have home bases, well, not home bases, but they have outlets in, uh, say, Europe or in the UK specifically. How have, why haven't they, you know, set up a movie theater chain out there? I would guess because it's cheaper to film in the U.S. and we, they might stop the studios from filming here. There's a lot of yeah. cities like Atlanta and all of that. that I think there's, they used to film in Michigan a lot too uh, that stand in for famous cities. So I think it saves them money to film here than it would overseas. And last question, last question. 
because I'm playing devil's advocate all around this this article because this is this is big news. I know that a lot of the listeners out there, a lot of the listeners out there who are you know just avid moviegoers and just love film as an art form, uh, may not see the business side of this or may not understand the business side of this based on you know our listenership out in you know Europe and whatnot. You know we got those guys out in Ireland and Germany and those guys listening out there. But how likely? Is it that because of this ruling that someone like, say, I don't know, Disney spends a couple billion dollars in purchases or a couple million dollars, because right now I don't know how, how economically worth it they are, buy something like AMC? I mean, they might. It might be the only thing that saves something like an AMC, mm-hmm. which I believe is scheduled to open up this week, actually. Uh, they're showing 15 cent movies. Hey, <laughs> get your diamond nickel ready. <laughs> We're going to movie. I think theater. they're. I think they're trying to get people ready to go back to the movie theaters and used to going back to the theaters. And mm-hmm. it's it's easier to convince people to go out and do something that they might not be comfortable doing for 15 cents than it is for 18, 19 dollars, depending on where yeah. you are. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty concerned about that that price tag and. Um, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see how that how that turns out. It's it's so weird because like usually we would devote a whole getting real to this, and I think we did uh, about a year ago. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that it has happened and where the world is now compared to where it was then when we originally did the episode, I just I just think it's clearer now, and it's uh, to see the quote-unquote downfall of the movie theater than it would have been a year ago and and and, you know i i just wanted to point out i I think that it's a downfall to the traditional movie theater experience i definitely see with these studios when when it comes to this level of business so for example i know that sony has set up a drive-in theater experience uh, in collaboration with porsche from what i've heard the experience is phenomenal now i've gone to the to uh, a drive-in theater out here Uh, i think you're the one that recommended me to that one i didn't quite enjoy it because it was missing a lot of the elements for for one screen is super far away depending on on how you you know where you park when you drive in and then you know you got people that are blinking car lights and that sort of stuff it's it's a little distracting even the lights within my own car were distracting me i was like "Eh, yeah and it's projected (laughs) from some distance away so there's there's a lot of filters that are coming through to the lighting as well that kind of disrupts the whole experience, at least for me. Plus, I couldn't really hear what was going on. The, the, the AM frequency was like going nuts for, for a good portion of the film. It was, it was a little distracting. However, Sony has set up what seems to be a 4K, uh, I, I don't know how many feet it is. I don't have the dimensions, but a 4K screen that's not projected. It's actually... Uh, pushing through um, on the screen and got some great speaker system uh, it's a very small space so I, you know they're getting sold out a lot um, and often a very small space um, but uh, you know the experience is completely phenomenal in comparison so there's new technologies out there that are creating this uh, sh- seamless and COVID friendly <laughs> feels weird to say that COVID-friendly experience, and now you want to dump this piece of news on there where the studios have the ability to set up their own theaters. 
long story short, this is going to be some serious stuff. And I hope that you guys, I hope that when you guys see this happen, y'all come back and say, I heard it on For Real first. <laughs> the first to say it is documented, episode 43. I, I can't remember what the episode was before. I'm going to go back and check. I'll let you guys know that we talked about this almost a year ago. It was sometime in October. Don't quote me on that. Sometime in October, we talked about this. It's going to change the world. Tyler, we've been doing this thing, my good friend, for about a little over a year. And it is safe to say that we have gotten into a flow. I think that we've gotten into a place where getting real feels more real than anything that we've been getting into for a long time. We created a Tyler Top 10. We've had hits and whiffs. We've had our freestyle Fridays, because it comes out on a Friday. We've had, you know, different segments come in. We're learning, we're growing, we're doing. But since this is a summer kind of chill day, it's 100 degrees outside. It feels good to just kind of get back to your roots, just get back to understanding who we are, what we do, why we're here, in a little fun way. Now, from to quote from episode number one, we're just a, a, a pair of movie-loving fans that have a combined experience of 10 years working in the industry, doing what we do, loving the business and the artistic side of things. But... You guys haven't heard that very often. I know that uh, since the first episode, since the first couple episodes, I, I was listening back to what the episodes that we were doing. In the first three episodes, we discussed that very briefly in the introduction. But Tyler, do they actually know who we are, sir? Do they know us? Do they know our fears, our dreams, our hopes, our aspirations? They're probably not going to get that deep. But Tyler, I got some questions for you, and I'm going to answer them too. See? We're just it's light and loose this week, guys. Light and loose this week. And if you guys have or have any better questions for us and want to ask us any more questions, feel free to log into your Instagram, your Facebook, your YouTube, leave a comment, like, share the videos that are there, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Ask us any, anything that you want. Get to know us. Let's have a conversation. I really wish this could be a conversation. If I could have the little phone line set up right here. I have the little phone line set up. We'll have calls coming in. We'll answer one question each. But this is not that kind of show because we're not live. We're actually doing this on a pre-recording. So Tyler, let me ask you the first question. That's a question we could both answer together. What brought us together, Ty? Why are we doing this? Why am I sacrificing my 45 minutes a day to do the show and more to, to, to set the show up to be here with you to talk to the people. Tyler, why are we doing this? What brought us together? Well, those are two very different things. I, 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 have, no, I have no control over your, your day plan and the 45 minutes that you set aside to spend time with me. I'm a, I'm a little offended. <laughs> sir, sir, this used to be hours, and now I barely can get 45 minutes with you. It makes me sick. <laughs> Um, well, for 45 minutes with the people, I spend way more time with you, sir. That's that's the absolute truth. Shaking my head at you, man. Shaking my <laughs> head. Um, but honestly, what brought us together? Simple answer was the movies and work. Yep, that's it's a very easy answer. I'll I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll you tell you, you actually, 
You uh, actually me, trained me. I did. I did. I did. You know, the student soon became the master in, ma- in many respects. Now, unfortunately, we can't divulge into exactly where we were, what we're doing. But I could tell you guys. So on the first day of recording, the day before, Tyler and I got together to just kind of eat at a Chipotle. If you don't know what Chipotle is, it's a delicious spot. Kind of, is it, is it Mexican fusion? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's a kind of Mexican fusion spot. And also, if you don't know what it is, you can crawl up from underneath your rock as well because they're everywhere. <laughs> they are everywhere. But Tyler, I'm talking to my European people too. I don't know if they got Chipotle out in, in Munich. I don't, I don't know if they got that. But, you know, Chipotle is a nice little, you know, nice little fast food spot, right? And uh, Tyler and I kind of looked at each other and were like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's, you know, we should do that kind of jokingly. But we both knew very early that we loved movies and we loved hanging out with each other. So let's combine the two together and bring a show for you. I think initially, like Tyler said, when, when we did episode 36, I, I asked Tyler, I was like, could you imagine us getting to episode 36? And he was like, sir, I'm even surprised that we got to episode six. So, you know, we, we've been doing this thing for a minute. Now we're at episode 43. We're going to hit the big 5-0 in seven episodes who would have thunk it so but what brought us together is just that love for the movies love for the industry working together like we were working we've been a a pairing way before we even started doing the podcast podcast brought us together even more and i appreciate you tyler i appreciate you too good sir yeah it's been a interesting road we've been learning uh and i remember that day pretty vividly where we, where we talked about the podcast and I, I think what started it was we went off on like a 30 minute rant about something and we we both kind of paused and we're like should we do a podcast and I think that's pretty much what it was because we we just had a back and forth and while it you know it was natural in person it did admittedly take us a few episodes to uh to get that going in podcast form it's it's a little different doing this than it is uh just speaking to somebody naturally, but oh, yeah. uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun doing this and I, your, your numbers and analytics brain has caused me to do something that I never thought that I would be doing, even though we haven't done it in a while, just from the nature of the way the world is, but that something would be making spreadsheets. I had yeah. spreadsheets <laughs> on spreadsheets for episodes of numbers of data and stuff that I would stay up the night before putting together. And I, I don't think I've been that excited about something uh, outside of actually keeping my website going for a little over a year now too. Uh, yeah. But getting that going. I don't think I've been that excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See guys, I like I wish I wish we were in person because then we could we could go back and forth, back and forth, and it wouldn't like cut out each other. But I gotta appreciate you, sir, because you know, without you having the artistic brain and that that true avid film watcher, you watch two hundred movies in a year. That's insane. But that has brought me to challenge myself to start looking beyond the scope of what I initially like. So for example, I watched American Pickle the other night. I thought it was fantastic. There's certain things that you challenge me to do on a regular basis that I usually would not do if it weren't for this podcast. So guys, the moral of the story here is, is just go out and do stuff. Like if you, if you have a dream, a goal, aspiration, or something that you really want to get yourself into, find a buddy like my boy Tyler over here, 
who is phenomenal and will hold you accountable and get it done. We're at episode 43. We didn't even think we would get past episode three. Look at where we're at right now. Some of y'all might be thinking that, you know, this, we ain't doing much, but we, you know, podcast is a lot of work. If you put the work behind it, we come up with a pretty good show. I would say to you, Tyler, thank you for being with me on this journey, sir. Same to you. Thank you as well. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. So getting to know us with a few funny questions. I know we took long on that first question, but all right, Tyler. So I know that you and I both went to film school a long, long time ago, eons ago. Feels like eons ago, but we're still young. <laughs> so, so, so we were both in film school. What is one project that you absolutely loved doing or taking part in and why? So I went to film school for screenwriting. If you wonder why a lot of movies lack creativity or is just missing something, it's because movies are hard to write. It's hard to think of something original, new and fresh and put your own spin on it. Uh, So coming up with projects in school was hard for me. And one of my favorite things that I came up with was for my end of my first year project, I wrote a script about a true life murder story that happened to friends close to my family. I can't tell you what that is or really go into much more detail. Unfortunately, I I can't do that. I don't want to do that to them either. But uh, let's just say there was someone who babysat me who tried to murder their parents. Mm. So is that why you love the the project? You should sell that though, bro. Um, I, I loved it because I, I, well, one, I changed the heck out of it. Like I, I made it my own. I kept the central hook about the character ultimately being the murderer. I just spoiled my own story. So maybe don't listen to this <laughs> so that when the movie comes out, you're surprised. Is it? But, um, <laughs> but I, I, you know, it was coming up with a crime story that was compelling while keeping it all in like a small town and keeping like a very, uh, intimate vibe to it uh, while still trying to plant the clues and spin this mystery and make it an interesting mystery all at the same time. I think that was uh, what excited me the most about it. That's fascinating. I, I like you, you threw me for a loop with that one. I didn't expect that. So guys, you know, this, this is a little impromptu. Uh, as I said, it's a little, it's a sleepy summer kind of episode that we're doing. Anyway. So my, Favorite project, the, the project that I loved doing the most while I was in film school was my first year project. It was like an end of year short story, probably roughly about a two minute film, uh, if you want to call it that. I, I was never, so let me, let, me guys, let me tell you guys first and foremost, I've always been the creative type. Uh, when I was younger, I was into singing and performing a lot more uh, than now. And when presented with the idea of going to college, because I didn't want to go, I didn't think that school was for me. My, my dad, who raised me for the entirety of my life, said, you have a choice, son. You, you could, well, basically, in kinder words, but this is what I heard. You can get out of my house or you go to college. So I'm not ready to go on my own yet, so I'm going to go to college. So you could pick whatever you want, but you have to finish. So... I decided since in the University of the West Indies, which is uh, the campus was in Trinidad and Tobago, I decided I was going to do film because I wanted to kind of step away from 
doing music as a practicality because I didn't want it to kill my creativity at the time. So uh, stepping into film, that's where I developed my love for the art form. And we had a short film to do as our final thesis project of not final thesis is our final project of the year. And the procrastinator that I was, I decided to do the film at the very last minute. But the level of research, the level of struggle that I went through to complete this process. Now, the story is, the story is very basic. It's called The Chase. Uh, and it's on my Facebook page, if anybody's interested. But I learned how to rotoscope. That's not the term for it. But I created lightsabers, guys. Created a lightsaber. And it was, it blew my mind. This was for editing class. It blew my mind at two things. The type of stuff that you could learn on YouTube for free, because no one taught me that in film school. The, the kind of stuff you could learn on, on YouTube for free. And then secondly, if you really want to achieve something, you're going to go through it. I spent 72 hours with probably about four hours of sleep within that space of time to shoot, edit, and render that. Now, it took about four hours to render and then drop it in the very morning that it was supposed to be in. So I'm talking about like, you know, what's, what's, that, uh, what's the name of that TV show where they shoot the film in 48 hours? Do you remember, do you remember it, that, that show? Was it Project Greenlight? I, something like that. There's something like that. Uh, and, and they had to like, they had to shoot the whole film. That's how I felt. I felt like I was like, you know, but it kind of showed me is like, you know, if you really want to get it done, you'll get it done. That, that is probably my most, and, and even though the, the teacher, you know, they, they enjoyed the, the edit that I did, but they were looking for something a little bit more original. I was kind of proud at the, the level of work that I put into that film. So I enjoyed it a lot. And then it also brought me to the fact that I love acting more than actually directing, editing, producing, screenwriting. Those, those weren't my forte. Well, I will say that although you did choose to go in a different direction, for those of you that don't know, Greg did put together the music of our intro and outro for the show. Music is still very much a part of what you do, and you do a good job. So you, you have not lost touch with that uh, aspect of yourself as well. Oh, no, I've, I, don't think, I don't think I have. And even in some of the promo videos online, I've definitely jumped into my GarageBand or FL Studios to kind of create that ambiance for you guys to have the experience being on the for real show. Uh, Tyler, I'm talking a lot. I'm talking a lot. And um, it's because, you know, as I said, it's a smooth, simple summer vibe. <laughs> uh, I, sound like, I sound like a California surfer. All right, Tyler, last question for the folks. Last question for the folks. We have a choice of three questions i'm not doing all the questions because we're running a bit over time but the last question would be if you could be in write, or take part in a film in any way what project would that be and i'm going to add a little bit more to this whether it's something that's in production now in the future or something that's totally your conception oh gosh i ultimately i think i would want to write something for david fincher not only has he made some of my personal favorite films, I think his knowledge of all things 
outside of writing. I don't, I don't think he's, he's ever actually written anything that he's directed, but his knowledge of just movie making in general and just his attention to detail, his almost overbearing work ethic, the way that he pushes people to get the best result. I think I could learn a lot from him from things that I don't already know. I think it would be a masterclass in learning how to get things done while not efficiently, like in terms of like speed, he's not like Ridley Scott reshooting all of Kevin Spacey's scenes and still making his Christmas uh, release date for all the money in the world. Mm. He's more, let's do 99 takes of the opening scene of Social Network until everyone's sick and tired of doing this, but I'm gonna get the take that I want to because I know what movie I'm making. Mm-hmm. He's efficient in that he knows what he wants and he's not going to stop until he gets it. Again, his his attention to detail and I he he just makes movies that I personally like and fit my style and my sensibilities. And I just think while it could be and would be probably a stressful partnership to say the least, just knowing how he is, I think it would be the best experience that could help my career going forward, not just having written a David Fincher movie. I just meant on anything that I wanted to do after that. That's what's up. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. I'm actually happy to get to know that. I think for me, as everybody knows, I'm an avid bad boys. I'm a bad boy for life. You know what I'm saying? So I love those movies basically because of the chemistry between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. After watching the latest film, you know, well, first of all, when I saw Bad Boys for the first time back in 2004, I always told myself I wanted to be a character in whenever the sequel came out. Thinking that the sequel would come out in 2007, 2008, 2009. Um, and as the years went on, that, that didn't happen until 2020. My ultimate project, however, would be anything, well, not anything. I think that I'd like to do a sci-fi thriller with Will Smith, me being co-actor, co-star in a movie like that would really change. Honestly, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to lowball it. I really like if in the near future, I could be on set with Will Smith on anything that would be amazing but for a more specific like a sci-fi thriller will smith little comedic banter i don't know how funny i am on screen but we'll see how that goes i could be a little hilarious from time to time i get some chuckles i don't know if i get multi-million dollar chuckles but you know i'll get some pennies i get some pennies in there i don't think it matters if you get the chuckles because i know that there are a lot of people who think that they're funny they get paid millions and millions of dollars and they're not funny. So <laughs> I, I think that I think that you would just need to bring your energy and natural talent to something like that. Oh heck yeah. And regardless of of being funny or anything like that, I think that people would see you having fun mm-hmm. and that would make it more fun. The, it, it's it's hard now because like you know you see all these these actors that have been in all these movies and you know, they're kind of while, while they get paid lots of money and they turn out good product, it's just a business to them. They're, they're there to make money. They're there to, they, they aren't having fun anymore. 
So it's always refreshing to see people who, after years and years of doing it, they're still having fun. They're still enjoying what they're doing and they're, they're going out of their way to, you know, interact with the fan or to share an extra moment or I, I don't know. I, I just think that you would be one of those people that you would never stop having fun. Oh, dude, I'd never stop having fun. Even even the days that I don't feel like doing the podcast that would come on, I still have like tons of fun doing it. You give me those precious 45 minutes. <laughs> the best 45 minutes of your life. That's right. <laughs> but no, I think above all else, I think that I want to work with Will Smith due to his, uh, his work ethic. I admire that. I admire that a lot. And he, he always talks about like, no one's going it, to, it's, it's either, no one's going to outwork him. He's either going to outwork you or he's going to die. Uh, it's a little extreme, but I like it. I like it a lot. And I, I, I wish that upon myself more and more every day. Anyway, guys, as per usual, we thank you so much for being here little short plug you guys need to go to after the credits blog.com right now you gotta go there you gotta check that stuff out um tyler's not taking a, a, a summer summer swing sway time uh when it comes to putting out quality content out there it's a fantastic read go to after the credits blog.com tyler's a fantastic writer and creator of that platform you guys should leave some comments on his stuff to give him some more work to do so he could respond to you guys and, and you guys can have a conversation on afterthecredsblog.com. Now, after you go to afterthecredsblog.com, you need to switch over to your Facebook and like, share, and subscribe to afterthecredsblog.com Facebook group. I know I'm asking a lot, but after you do that, please, and I'm asking, I'm not telling. I'm asking. Come over to the For Real podcast page on Facebook. Like, share, and subscribe there. You're going to see tons of great content, just like what you're hearing right now. We actually tape all of our episodes so that you could see that. You could see highlights of the show on on YouTube. You could see no, uh, different notifications when we're actually going to have a show on Facebook. And you see little snippets and little action-packed stuff on Instagram. So with that being said, guys, we love you all around the world. This has been another great episode, episode 43 of For, For Real. Real.